Welcome back to another glorious episode of A Spirited Debate. The crew have dusted off the glasses, dropped in some ice, and pulled the corks, and we are ready, as always, to pour a few drinks and find a way to rattle each other's cages. Now, I could give you the same spiel as last year. If you're new to this, hit this, follow that. But you know what? It's now 2021, and we've decided it's a new year, and it's time for some new rules. At the end of the day, follow if that's your thing, like if you want. Fuck it, we're just happy you're listening, and that's all that matters to us. Now, some things will never change, so as our sound guy cues up the music, grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and join us for... Just skip over. I'm trying to contribute to the discussion. It would be wrong. They would absolutely be wrong. If you thought that our debates were going to be any different, then joke's on you. I thought, I thought you'd get better. <laughs> and you guys came with the same shit. We are on our way. Promoted! I'm double fisting, actually. Um, so I thought that was on Friday night. Dad always says you never get better by playing people worse than you. It ain't going to so, take somebody long to get bingo so, here. Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I, debate begin. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners around the world, I hope you're ready for one hell of a show as we reconvene for another episode of A Spirited Debate. Gentlemen, let's kick this party off. I hope everybody's ready. Uh, mm. I'm not, I'm not going to tease up what our topic is. I want to do oh, I was about to first. go full. Mm. No. I know. You were ready to go. I, I was like, <laughs> I about fell out of my chair because no. I was leaning so far forward. Let me cue up the lights and the music. Get teaser. this party started. Yeah. We do have one hell of an episode today. This is going to be interesting. But before we do that, let's bring in the bartender. You hear that sound? He's making the drinks. Let's go around the room and let's find out what everybody's drinking today. Uh, Mac, we're going to start with you this time. I'm drinking a Mai Tai today. Kind of sick and tired of the uh, the cold weather. Uh, so I wanted something a little more tropical, uh, a little more flavorful. Just used one of the uh, mixers I got earlier for Christmas with the bamboo rum. And uh, it's pretty darn good. Um, you seem to be digging on that rum. Yeah, you're, you're I am digging on the rum. The rum, if yeah, if, if anybody gets a chance, it, it's definitely worth worth you, a purchase. I, you're I not quite at Haas app level, but no, no, you, <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait a minute, you have the app though, don't you? Have the I do have the app, app? and I, I have not opened it in quite a while. Uh, so you have not, you have not, right? And been back to it, huh? Okay. No, so you so. don't know if this drink is in the app for you. You have no idea. Oh, I'm sure the Mai Tai's in there somewhere. I, I, I think we it for me. I meant for you. Right? Yes, no, I haven't looked. Yeah, it's supposed to cater to your wants and needs. That's why it's a cock and balls app. Right. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Who runs the app? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Our, our, our local Grinchologist, what are you drinking today, brother? I am drinking a vanilla rum chata milkshake, and it's friggin' delicious. Uh, rum chata, yeah, and ice cream flavor of your choice. I, we happen to have a little bit of uh, Cinnabon. Ice okay. cream left. Fucking a, dude. Yeah, I put it. I put a little piece of banana in there as well, some milk, and then you add the rimchata and blend. Mm. Okay, what's the special occasion today, mm. man? Because that's a lot of goodness. I've been I've been looking at the bottle for a while, and I was like, yes. He's been, he's been emotionally vacillating wildly in mm -hmm. Call of Duty Warzone, and he thought mm -hmm. I need something. I do. I need something shit. good in my life today. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> It's like a button. I just need a button that I just push because I say it's it almost, so much. Yeah, it's almost on demand when it happens. It, like here it comes. Hey, and remember, like any good gamer, I've never lost anybody better. It's all bullshit and lag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny because uh, you're doing that, which seems more cold weather related, right? Ice cream and stuff like that, where Mac went, I'm tired of the cold weather. We're going in the opposite direction with more tropical. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's a yeah. weather drink. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> stuck more in like your vein. So I went, because I, you know, you mentioned this month ago, the Crown Royal Salted Caramel, which I bought and tried. And I thought, I want to do something with that. So I, I pulled out a white Russian and I found a recipe for a salted caramel white Russian with coffee liqueur and cream. And so I did that. And I did add just a little bit of French vanilla coffee to it because I wanted to drink out of the fishbowl. And I thought that would be a lot of heavy cream to be putting in that. So yeah, just the Crown Royal Salted Caramel, a little Kahlua, some coffee, and then the heavy cream on ice. So that's what I'm drinking. Salted caramel, white Russian. That and it's delicious. Sounds, yes. Oh, that does yes. sound really delicious. Well. So yes. Yes. All right, Haas, what did the bartender make for you today? So, uh, the cocktail flow app recommended a Freddy Fudpucker. So that's, oh, that's oh, did it now. It did. <laughs> did it now. Are you sure that's the drink? <laughs> Freddy, Freddy Fudpucker. Were, were you on the right uh, website? The right app? <laughs> I mean, I mean, here, look, I'll, I'll show you. It's, it's right here on the app. Put that down. I can't unsee that. Okay. <laughs> Is that what you were doing on Friday night? Our bad. That was the wrong I picture. Mean, you know, Friday, Friday night was uh, was bourbon, but I figured, you know, mix it up on a Saturday night. Spice it up with you, sexy gents. What a okay. pretty fud pucker. And that is uh, what? Tequila, uh, Galliano, and orange juice. And I'm using orange mango mm. juice. Ooh, that sounds good. Okay. What, what tequila I, are you using? I use the Don Julio Silver. Nice. Yeah. You know, Mac and I were talking about this week. Uh, earlier this week, I was talking about doing something with the Mezcal. And I was asking, and maybe you might know. I don't know if you know anything about it. If our listeners know, feel free to <laughs> let me know. Can you sub out for a tequila drink? Can you, uh, is it possible to just sub out Mezcal, even though it's got a different flavor profile, in any drink that contains tequila. And I was curious. Mac didn't know. I didn't know. And I was like, like if you want to do a tequila sunrise, orange juice, and grenadine, could you just sub that out, even though it's got that earthy, smoky oh, flavor? Homie, you live in the greatest country on the planet. You do whatever you want. You, you, you do, do whatever you want. Well, I know Trump I can. 2024, but it, baby. Uh, I actually on a found- scale of one to America, how, <laughs> how free are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, is, I found- which are, which are Wonderful jokes leading into what our topic is. Today. Yeah, I, I actually found a Negroni, which Mac, you did previously uh, with, with gin, and I found one with Mezcal, and I was like, I was thinking about trying that, but I'm like, you said the gin one was shit, you know, the Negroni itself, which yeah, is basically a Boulevardier. Like Campari. Yeah, and that and, might be the problem. And I just couldn't find a recipe with the Mezcal that I was super excited about, which is why I decided, you know what, I'm going in a completely different way, so it was the salted caramel for me. All right. Well, we'll we'll let the bartender dismiss themselves out the door and we will continue our show and get into our topic. So I know nobody at home can see me wherever you listen to the car, the home work. I don't give a shit, Uh, but I got I got party lights going on. I've got my party regalia that I'm wearing that I've adorned because the topic of this week is the fall from I won't even say grace. I don't even think they started with grace. But this week's topic is the fall from whatever you want to call it of our soon-to-be ex-president, Donald J. Trump. The week past saw some incredibly disturbing things occur in our country. Some things that I was super excited about. Thank you, Georgia, for you know ousting Purdue and Loeffler, or Leffler, however you say her, her name. And so, you know, we saw that and then immediately the following day in the certification of 
our soon-to-be president. There was a number of issues with that. And then the incendiary speech by Trump and the march of 30,000 or whatever it was on Capitol Hill, the lockdown of Capitol Hill, the ensuing riot and, and all of the things that occurred there was just a disturbing ass week. It disappointed me as an American and, and Grinch, I know you made the joke from what, what, from one to America, how free are you? It's like, I don't know. We talk yeah. about patriotism. Was that patriotism? I mean, what, I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't know what you call it. The thing that bothered me most is, and we've talked about this on the show before, like when we talk about COVID and we talk about comparing the year of COVID to like September 11th, 2001, like for me, January 6th of 2021 is comparable to September 11th, 2001, because it, it was not, I'm sorry. And I see you shaking your head for me. It was because it was almost surreal what I was watching. And I'm yeah, sorry when no, you woke no. up on that morning in September, it was fucking surreal. And this week it was and, also no, and, surreal. And I get what you're saying. Um, from the standpoint of, I think it's all something we probably would have never expected to see in our lifetime protesters storming the Capitol building and actually getting through it. The end result, I don't think, I mean, September 11th kind of stands on its own, unfortunately. It should, I think. And I don't want to go down that, that path right, right. in this conversation, but to, to me, I think, yeah, it's, it's something that we never thought we would see in our lifetime. Um, I think what the last time the Capitol was breached and uh, Grinch, you'll probably be able to keep me on track here. I'm sure it was uh, 1814, I believe. Yeah. When the British War of uh, 1812, yeah. Yeah, the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which occurred in 1814 got for into those it. of you who are listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you get your history lesson here today, too. And burnt part of the Capitol building. So, you know, th- that's been a little while ago since that's happened. And, and I think, to me, the ease with which it occurred was disturbing. You um, saw where the, the chief of police for the Capitol Police uh, resigned. Resigned. Yeah. How poorly the situation was handled. Yeah. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I mean, I'll say... Uh, Thor, um, I, I don't disagree that there are differences and we've made comparisons with like COVID and 9-11 and we've used 9-11 before. I, I will say I felt very similar to how I felt on 9-11. Um, and I think, I think it had a lot to do with just the indelible images that got seared into my brain. I mean, watching, seeing a picture of Secret Service and Capitol Hill police with furniture piled up against you know, the door accessing the chamber, you know, getting onto the house floor. I couldn't have fathomed that that would be possible on a sparked event like this. Um, And I know, you know, there's a whole lot to unpack of how did we get there, but just focusing on the, the, how I as American felt that day, um, total disgust, just angry, you know, and, and it was also, I mean, I know, you know, somebody, one of the newscasters said, I think I've used the word, word surreal about 400 times today. And it was, I mean, you're like, am I, lit- I'm watching Confederate flags and Trump flags and all this other nonsense and bullshit going through statuary hall and through the main rotunda. You know, it was, it was just disgusting. It was disgusting. And- it, was, it was probably one of the lowest points I've witnessed of our history as a nation. And, and well, not going through, statuary hall with like reverence like taking in the mo- right just kind of plowing through like they own the fucking place which i know a lot of people said well it's it's the capitol building it's the building of the people it is our place if we want to go it's like no that's not how it works yeah. you know but just the way in which they went through and the fact that they did that yeah i was the well, same way i was just like i can't believe this is what's fucking happening and i, and I think to, to top that off the fact that it was all pretty much and he was very deliberate in the way he did it because he didn't 
basically he did not specifically tell them to march and, and you know riot and take over the capitol building but for all intents and purposes that that's exactly what his words were the fact that that was incited by the current president of the united states it, it just makes it even more disgusting to me than just you know a group of people getting together and, and deciding to do it which is bad enough um, yeah. but that, that you have somebody leading the you know the free world that incited that is it's just mind-blowing to me and i'd like to ask a quick question i, I know i've said this before and i've I'm, not that you all have gotten offended, but I know that it's like if I say some of the people on the show are Republican, I won't say you're Republican, conservative, but that party carries the mantle of conservatism in this country. With that being said, and, and not to say that you are or are not, how did it make you feel knowing the head of that party basically in one brushstroke painted everybody in that party as a scumbag, right? Like, I mean, that's got to be something that you're like, what the... You know, and I, I made this comment to my wife. It's like, if I'm a, a liberal in the, in the Capitol building and I'm now locked down in a room with people on the other side of the aisle, I'm going, this is your guy. Your guy has us locked in here together. What the fuck are you supporting him? Well, for? come on. We, 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 all know, we all know that the Republicans may be publicly supporting him because that's what's good for the party. But I'm sure a huge majority, if not all of them, for the most part, have a, a certain disdain um, for him. And a lot of them are, quite frankly, coming out now and publicly – <laughs> you right. know, expressing that they, they found they found yeah. their courage. Yeah, what, what, I, what I, I've got to believe that, and, and I, I don't know if I was talking Grinch with you the other day, or maybe it was it was Mrs. Haas. But if for uh, let, let me use an analogy. Let's say I am a Republican and my wife's a Democrat. If somebody breaks in our home, even though we have different opinions about about home security, we're going to galvanize. We're going to galvanize and come together for, for the the this, the the equal. Uh, cause of surviving and or um, defending and or offending the said invader. And I've, and I've got to believe that's what happened. I've got to believe that the Democrat, it didn't it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you sit. I mean, I don't count the extreme left and right because they're the extremes, right? The extremes are what they are, mm -hmm. but everybody else, I've got to believe they galvanized and came together and just said, fuck this. We're done. This is wow. we're over. And, and, and now you see all this backlash happening that quite frankly, we all agree should have happened years ago. Well, well and, I, and I'll tell you that I, I mean I'm fairly liberal, um, and, and I will say that my my first opinion was, and I don't know why it didn't happen. Every one of those people should have been face down in handcuffs. Um, you know, you broke into you know a government building, which is a crime, and you know people will say, well, you're just saying that because they're Republican. No, if they had been Democrats, I would say the exact same thing. If you break into a public <laughs> building like that. You know, and it's funny you say yeah. that because a lot of people were saying if they'd been black or brown. Yeah. That's exactly right. Never, if this had been a Black that. Lives Matter protest, never they would that. not, you know, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, you know, well, yeah. that yeah, kind of bullshit. At so. this point, we've all seen the pictures of the National Guard on the steps of the Capitol building when Black Lives Matters protests were going on. And, and of course, then the division occurs even more when they go, well, why wasn't this the case on January 6th? Why weren't the same amount well, of, of security there <laughs> to prevent yet another... You bring up a great point. I mean, you saw them, you saw some of the police and some of the National Guard kind of staging off to the side in some of the shots. And what took them so long to start to respond and clear the streets and clear that, you know, it just seems yeah. like, you know, at some point the ball was dropped somewhere. Well, it, and, and I, I want to say something real quick, and then I want to speak to that point. 
uh, and there, it's just thoughts, it's, it's theories on maybe what happened. But, you know, my, my impression, having worked at the Pentagon and in Capitol Hill, was had they done that to, like, the Pentagon, it would have been a massacre. There would have been all kinds of people dead because it's a defense building. So in a weird way, I was happy that the bloodshed was, was not greater because the idea of seeing hundreds or whatever amount of people. Fellow was, Americans. You know what I mean? How, how like, much worse could it have been? Yeah, like that, that image. Right. And I know, you know, it's one of those, like, we, you know, uh, there's a concept like the fog and friction of battle. Like when, it, when a mob is mobilized, nobody's in charge. They're just keying off sparks and catalysts. And then a lot of them get caught up in it. And then it's almost like the cold water hits and they're like, what did I just do? But, you know, as far as the complexities of security on the Hill, uh, I'm sure some of, some, some of you heard this in the press conferences, you know, you've got the DC, you've got the District of Columbia and the mayor there has a mandate to do certain types of protections. And then you have the Capitol Hill police and then you start overlaying like ATF, all the federal agencies, and then the Department of Defense. And there are mechanisms by which all those can be utilized for very good reasons. You know, there's a, like the, like there's a concept for uh, disaster response, posi comitatus, like federal forces cannot be mobilized into a state without the state requesting, which traces all the way back to our concept of federalism and protecting states' rights. How does that work in the district that's not a state? Well, it, 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 there's some similarities. I mean, okay. the national capital region is managed. It just, I mean, certainly by proximity to all these federal buildings, you can imagine the jump to the federal goes a whole lot quicker. Right. But the D.C. Guard still has to be approved, like, through the Army to the Department of Defense. Because there's some, when they go from, like, Title 10 to Title 32, and I know not everybody knows what that means, but Title 32 is state mandate. Like, they can be armed. Title 10 is you're in federal, you're on federal, in federal status. Like, whenever we deploy soldiers overseas, they all go in Title 10 because they're representing the federal government when they're over. So my suspicion on all this is within the framework of who could approve what, there was a reticence to approve a tremendous show of force, which would have been perceived as against the president. Obviously, we know what the outcome was, so we can, we can throw stones at that all day long and for good reason. But that's my theory on why they weren't there to begin with. Whereas for Black Lives Matter going through the federal government and acting secretary of defense or whoever it was at the time, you know, it, it just, of course it was going to go through a lot easier as opposed to how's the president going to feel if we are acting by mobilizing federal forces against his quote unquote people, you know, yeah. so that, that's my theory. We are where we are. It, yeah, no, that, that, and that's great. Makes, insight. That, that tracks like is logical that. to me. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't it's, make it right. That's a great point. That's a really no, great point. And Grinch, to your point, I mean, perhaps not mobilizing them faster than they did, maybe, you know, while we saw some very disturbing images, you know, out of that riot, clearly they could have been a lot worse. If you meet that mob mentality with your own huge show of force, things could have turned ugly, you know, uglier very quickly. But they didn't find out that morning he was going to give a speech. I mean, they'd known that was coming, right? Why not at least put all the pieces in place, even if they're not on the grounds, keep them in close proximity so that if, God forbid, something happens, response time is immediate, well, right? I, I, so it's I like... I bet you there, there's going to be a bigger presence at the inauguration. 
Which yeah, are, that's my glad, concern now, right? I mean, which aren't we all glad he came out and said he's not attending? Yeah, it's yeah. The first, let me tell you the one. Time, what, 154 years? Yeah. And I think everybody's okay shit. with that. Yeah. But, but here's my concern, right? These people were able to breach the Capitol building, which is supposedly a secure location, right? I mean, obviously, we know it didn't work out that well. But what is going to happen now when you have the inauguration, which is typically held outside in an open space? Are we going to see a repeat of this? You know, well, hopefully not. I, they, they've already put um, a seven-foot wall all the way around the Capitol and changed all the protocols. So I think they're accounting for that. And I know uh, President-elect Biden said they're not going to do like the standard drive. It's going to be more of a, you know, he gets inaugurated. Which and is then, sad. And then there's, Zoom. Like a, there's like a military review, which I imagine will be, which, which will be dialed in, you know, appropriately to show respect, but not. But that, that's my point. Right. Here we are a week later, uh, you know, give or take, we're a week later. And you're saying they got a wall up, changed the protocol, yet you couldn't have people prepared, you know, ahead of time. It's like, wait, and I get the point you were trying to make in terms of, you know, it's the commander in chief and, and how does that look? But it's like, at the end of the day, was the result worth a lack yeah. of being responsible in, no, in, in I, your approach? No, absolutely not. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's a theme that's applicable to all, a whole variety of things. But, but a boss of mine, when we were in Iraq, used to say, if, if you're an insurgent, who do you want to attack? The convoy that looks like it's ready for a fight or the one that looks like it's jacked up and not prepared? Yeah, exactly. And it was, it was almost like the mob started to feel it had the advantage. And then the momentum just started kicking in. I have to imagine there's a few people who are getting arrested or have already been arrested that are just like, how did I get here? Yeah, no, they, I think you know? they announced they've, they've identified the gentleman that was in the furry bikini. The one who has a third eye? Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've arrested the gentleman that was, uh, I think, Pelosi's in, office. Yeah, Pelosi's yeah. office. Yeah, how uh, did I get is, here? They should. You know, and that's maybe that's the way it should have been handled, right? You allow them to breach. You know, you've got cameras, terminology, right? you just feed them the rope. You yeah, you know they've got cameras, yeah, so we're going to find them. You know, okay, yeah, it's not great, but... Yeah, here's a small again. box blanket. Take it home to your yeah. family and friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You go, how did I get here? Well, we'll show you the fucking video. That's how you got there. Yeah. Now you know. I mean, everything gets captured on video today. I, I mean, some of them are delusional. I mean, a lot of them are. I mean, like, well, yeah. did you see the woman with the piano scarf? Mm-hmm. That was like, I'm whatever from Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, what happened? I got maced. <laughs> well, well, you should be glad you that's all that happened. I went to the Capitol. It's a revolution. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so but, I don't, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. No, I was going to say, you bring up a great point when you, you, you thought the, the word revolution there, though. That's kind of what it felt like, right? You, you felt like you were watching, you know, a third world country or, you know, somewhere in South America, you know, Panama or wherever, where, you know, we've seen it before. You know, the protesters, you know, take over the building. You see them out on the front. Yeah, but it, it just, it, it, you it was would, a revolution. never expect that to happen it was in a the revo- United States of America. A revolution led, led by the, if it was conduct, drawn up, conducted, and led by animaniacs. Like, it, it, you know, it was a joke. It was, which is, well, which is I mean, so funny short, because short, short of the guns and the bobs that apparently were present and found and the beating that, that I mean, I don't want to make light of the fact that people got harmed or killed. Please don't misunderstand, but I mean, you say a revolution, but it was a revolution of jokes. 
I mean, that, that's what these people well, are. Well, and, and, and they, don't clear, even, right? they don't even understand the, the punchline of jokes that, will be, that are currently in play, have been in play, will be in play for years to come. And, and let's take a minute here just to, just to make sure that we understand. I don't think, you know, Grinch, you were not saying it was a revolution. I don't think you no, were quoting no, this quoting one, her, right? Yeah, quoting I want to make sure that, because I think I kind of took that, you know, not that I thought that's what you said. No, that's literally sure, what she absolutely said. Absolutely, that was not what you, what you thought. But that's was. what but, these people thought. They really thought yeah, they were they showing thought, up. They thought they were doing the right thing, and this is what we have to do to get our way and so that rolls back earlier to what you were someone was saying where they, they these people think they're patriots yeah they believe it, they're being patriotic it, it, I, that's what i was going to say i mean it is a bastardized and twisted belief of patriotism and what i had been thinking about and i had to kind of go back and look at the quote was the quote from john stuart mill and it says war is an ugly thing but not the ugliest of things the decayed and degraded state of more of of moral and patriotic feelings, which thinks that nothing is worth a war is much worse. Now that I, I subscribe to because it, it's the belief you should fight for something. But the really, to me, what struck me was the next point or sentence, which is when a people are used as mere human instruments for firing cannon or thrusting bayonets in the service and for the selfish purpose of a master, such a war degrades a people. That is the part, you know, when I think about the bastardization and the twisted nature of what they believe is patriotism. Like it's like a virus that just corrupted. And then they get in these echo chambers on the internet. They, they seek no other objective analysis or reason. Like they just want it, it, and you can't argue, you can't argue. Like they won't even, it's, they a, don't it's irrational. Reason. It's this QAnon shit. Like there's a, I think, and again, as we talk about the Venn diagram that we love to bring up, mm-hmm. Anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, QAnon believers, like they're all like the, as I heard somebody else say, the internet came to life this week. Like all the shit that's on the internet came to life in the form of one mob. Right. And it was they were representing all that nonsense that if and, could, and, and I want to make sure that you know at least from my you know and I'm not going to speak for anybody else but from my standpoint you know look you have the right that's what makes this country great you have absolutely have the right to believe what you believe and if you want to demonstrate and protest and, and say you know we think that the election was rigged we you know for whatever reason if that's what you believe you absolutely have the right to do that. In a professional, I don't even say professional, but in a professional manner, right? There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. You know, we're not a third world country where you have to storm the Capitol building to, to get your point across, right? There's enough ways to do that now. Um, these people and, feel that passionately about the fact. I mean, no, they I, do. I guarantee you, I guarantee what, you, a bunch of them feel it was 100% appropriate. I, I well, mean, they felt that was probably the only way they had to do it, right? And, and yeah, and, and I, uh, I mean, I, I, I think where you were going with that is you do it by voting for people. In this case, I think what we said back however long ago, we recognized that when Trump got elected, it was the manifestation of frustrations from the ineptitude of Congress, failure to respond to belief that they just, they were getting left behind. Like they had some, they had some legit grievances that led to that vote. And like we said, the Democratic candidate wasn't great. It wasn't that we didn't understand how he got elected. I think we all looked on in horror because we saw the man for what he was. And that's the part that bothers me. Like that meme, you know, that we jokingly shared of, wow, that escalated quickly over four years. Nobody saw that coming except for those paying attention. You know, like, like I, I think the other end of that spectrum is none of us were surprised. At the end of the day, none of us were truly shocked. 
that is you knew what he was right right most normal rational people could see and take him at face value that you know he he is a man that is about himself yes and nothing else he could he would and that's the beauty of it right you look at most of the people you know and i'm painting with a broad brush here i know and i apologize for that but you look at a lot of the people that voted for him he would just assume step on your neck to get a dollar didn't then care about what you think. And and that's right. what blows my mind for a lot you know, with I, a lot I, of I agree, students. man. The fucking idiots golfing while people are, are dying, dying by the thousands of COVID. Yeah, yeah and hasn't I, attended a COVID meeting since what? Back yeah, in right. April. Hasn't or mentioned May? COVID. And then the dude awards two medals of freedom to two golfers the day after those events. Like I, I it's the Twilight Zone. I mean like he, they've already <laughs> mentioned he's looking into, you know, process and procedures for self-pardons right it's like it, for him and his family and of course it begs the question of why why would you need what, to why would that? you need to what, do that what, what yeah. don't well, we i think know. we i think we all know why right i mean yeah right like, it, like we do we're like it's obvious because yeah. he knows he committed crimes and he's gonna be held yeah. accountable but yeah. for any normal person you'd go why would you need like a get out of jail card well you right. know just in case i go to jail oh. but why, why would <laughs> well, I, even I, I do i do want to throw it out there I don't know that I'd be upset if he pardons Joe Exotic. I, I would like to see oh, Tiger King too. You know, oh, I, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but that's, 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 that's 2021's train wreck. <laughs> that's, that's just, I don't even know how to respond to that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, you're just feeding the, the reason we're where we're at now. I mean, that's just another cog in the wheat in, in the fucking machinery that, that feeds where we're at now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about knowing who he was. Go back and watch old John Oliver episodes when Trump was running in 2015 and listen to what John Oliver says about Trump then. And then you go, oh, yeah, saw the writing on the wall then. What the fuck? I mean, That's how right. did the, people... man, the man ain't different. No, right. He ain't different today than he was 10 years ago. And he didn't sell himself. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll argue that he is different. He, he's, more, he's further out there. He's more become more. Well, yeah, he's more narcissistic. He, yeah, I, mean, no, I he's think just, that's it, right? He's, he's not more narcissistic. He's just been in the limelight to show off that narcissism. Well, well he, here's the, and, and, and you know, you, Grinch, you talk about this all the time, pain threshold. We saw it. We, we saw what was going to be the pain threshold for any political backlash whatsoever and it happened it happened when he incited this 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 mob rule to go in and and start uh you know marching on both democrats and republicans alike and now here we're looking at what they're drawing up papers to impeach him and talking about mm-hmm. inciting the 25th amendment um yeah. and this would be the first time in history a president has been impe- been impeached twice okay so let's 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 and, th- and this close this close to him being out of office i mean that's a big deal uh, yeah, but and of course, I'm, I'm you know you can waste a year or whatever it was not electing a, a judge to the Supreme Court, but then you're like you know then you turn around and you push a judge through in record time, and then you're like, well, that's not enough time to impeach him like 14 days. Well, and, and I think that's what and I think that's what amazes me. You know, you you see all of these people hanging onto the belief that the election was rigged, and yet they're taking all of these cases to what are pretty much stacked Republican courts. And they're they're throwing the cases out. out. It's like, yeah. you know, if 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 these were Democratic stacked courts, I could see you still saying, "Oh, well, you know, it's the Democrats." You know, these are Republican conservative right. courts, uh, too, including that the are, that are truly that, saying that some of these cases. There's are no merit here. Right. So let's let's take a minute. Let's let's just take a second. Let's put ourselves in the shoes of a Republican constituency, like the people that yeah, support no. them. Okay. And if we do that, and Grinch, you say. 
when the pain threshold is exceeded, change needs to occur. That's when it happens, right? That's the tipping point. So January 6th, what was the pain that has been created that they felt the need that change had to occur? Like, I, I try to understand that. Well, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think, I, I, and this is why I kind of want them to move fast because things do diminish the further in the rearview mirror they get. Right. Is all of them never expected to have the feeling of being ushered out of the Capitol under armed guard with a mob that didn't give a shit what party they were with. I think that certainly like seeing their own offices trash, seeing a building they work in, you know, nine months out of the year, if you, you know, thinking of like recess and other things, but their staff was in danger. You know, the, the, the Senate staff uh, and parliamentarians and some of the others, like they had to, they had to grab the ballot boxes to keep them from being, you know, stolen. Right. I, I think that that was very visceral and real to them. Um, and it's certainly just seeing the pictures over and over, you know, <clears throat> it, the, so I think we're in a moment and it's just like, it's like the, like we talked about with gun control, the moments here, it's got a, it's, it's riding on a high because it just happened Seize with like moment. a gun with like a school shooting. Right. The question will be what how many of them go. Time. Yeah. Right. And, well, and you know, and, and, to further the point of the pain threshold, I mean, you don't have the House, you lost the presidency after a one-term piece of shit, and you lost the Senate. Well, here's my concern. Well, technically, gonna, you didn't lose the Senate. It's 50-50, but, but because the, the vice president, yeah, would that's take right. that. Democrats that take all the chairmanships. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so here's my concern with what you said, Haas, you know, 20 minutes ago, that you believe both sides come together right? In a situation like this, you galvanize against a common situation, right? doesn't matter if you're Republican or you're, you're Democrat, liberal, conservative, whatever. I, I want to agree with you. Unfortunately, I don't. And the reason I don't is because when they reconvened on Capitol Hill for the electoral certification, these motherfuckers still stood up and went, you know why? I object. You know why? Dude, you should be going, they, any been, objection? Nope. I, I can tell you why. They, they did it because it's still procedure, and you've got to make sure the procedure is infallible. You've got to go up there and do it to say that you did it. Knowing damn well, knowing damn well, it's not going to pass. And, yeah. yeah, the guy's going, okay, Pennsylvania, any objection? That motherfucker should be like, nope, no objection. You know, plus, just, we're plus, good. plus, plus. Because you know. Let's, let's also go a little bit further. There's still a few Republicans out there that are still riding the Trump wave thinking that they're all going to like right. turn, turn this storm around yeah. and like course correct and fix yeah. shit in their favor. Just, and, and, and history's not going to look back on this well, well for these people. Right. You're right. And I think, well, and as somebody else said, you know, the jo because we have people who only care about power, several of them we witnessed this week, they're jockeying to become the heir apparent because and it looks almost certain there's no way Trump can run again. I wouldn't think so. It's anything's possible, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but, clearly he can run again. I don't know that he would get the, but the he nomination. Can, can a felon can a felon run? Well, no, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. But no. yeah. he made the, the apparently there was some claim that he was going to announce his 2024 candidacy the day of the inauguration, and his own it, people said, "Don't do that." Yeah, and, and, and I've heard listen to them, and I've heard with the impeachment, there's there's discussion of drafting language that would prohibit him from running again. Yeah, should, but but just playing it forward somebody has to be the heir apparent in the Republican party and it's fractured. Right. You know, I, I, I said to Mrs. Grinch and maybe others, um, he was going to eat the party from the inside out. The tea party almost did that. I, in my opinion, the DNA of where we are of this 
it, this lunacy traces back to the Tea Party because they they were they wouldn't compromise. And they saw the world as as black and black. There was no black and white or no other color to entertain, or certainly not gray. And that intractable kind of mindset carried forward, and then again, it got corrupted and twisted. And to me, I mean, we all have to look in the mirror. The media certainly does because you know, like if you use the analogy of like a fire, it needs fuel and air, you know, he got all the fuel he needed and the media kept giving him all the airtime despite he could want, right. lamenting him and saying this and that. And it's like, well, you keep putting the motherfucker on the air. You're airing his tweets. You're talking about him all day long. He's well, loving anymore. it. Well, kudos, yeah, he's loving it. Kudos to Twitter for shutting his ass down. It took him four t- fucking t- years. You, you, but. you mean yeah. kudos to Twitter finally banning him? Right, right. Definitely Do, doing what four, they should have done. Four years later than they Too should late. have. And Facebook. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can't give them kudos, bro. Well, I mean, but I, it, it, it needed to happen, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not a big yeah. social media fan. I'm just it, glad it happened in some way. Now, can he reset – I think it was Mac. You sent out the thing with him with a mustache, John Barron or something like you know recycling an account. That was it's like funny. Uh, little Ron Mexico action. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but but real quick, uh, you know, I want to pause for a moment. I want to let everybody refresh their drinks. We're going to bring the bartender in, let you guys refresh your drinks. And while we do that, I would very much like to do a, a sponsor message. We do have a sponsor, and I, you know, I want to go ahead and get that out of the way. So if you have a drink that you would like uh, refreshed, please feel free to dip out and get that done, and then we will con- reconvene on the other side of. The this message all right so we will be back momentarily guys have you found lately that your friday nights have been less than you'd hoped for perhaps you're single and dating is tough right now or maybe you're married and you don't walk the dog as much as you used to well there's good news for you the cantaloupe growers for global change have you covered next time you find yourself alone on a friday night just grab yourself a ripe delicious cantaloupe a core Then pop that baby in the microwave for 30 seconds and prepare to be wild. Now, if you really want to up your game, put on a little light jazz, light up a few scented candles, and don't forget to pour yourself a four-time batch of the Boulevardier and make your Friday night a night you'll never forget. Brought to you from your friends at Spirited Debate and the Cantaloupe Growers for Global Change. So thank you to our sponsor for that fantastic message and we appreciate the support that everybody brings to the show. Thank you to all of our listeners. And now we're back. Hopefully everybody's got a drink. We're good to go. The bartender's hitting the back door and leaving. And let's start again. So back to our topic. Uh, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, and, and with, the, with the last week's events and everything that's happened, we come down to the question of the 25th Amendment or impeachment and how should government proceed? Should they try to just invoke the 25th, bounce his ass? Should they do the work, do the legwork, and, and impeach him. What are the benefits to, to doing that? And then we, we talked about it briefly in terms of like, can he run and so on and so forth. And for me personally, I think he should be impeached uh, and, and forego the 25th. I know he's getting a lot of resignations from his cabinet because they don't want to be involved in that controversy of having to weigh in on that. So they're resigning to avoid it. But I think, Haas, as you said, if, if the Governmental bodies of Congress have galvanized behind the fact that this guy is just off his fucking rocker. Then why not just write up the articles for impeachment a second time and just? Well, be well done? it's not just off his rocker. I mean, it, it's criminal to incite 
people to storm the Capitol well, because, because he's throwing a he's throwing he's throwing, he's throwing a grown ass man big baby boy temper tantrum. tantrum that he didn't win the election and he wasn't able to to coerce other people into getting his fucking way, well, which is what he's used to. And, and not only that, it's it's beyond dangerous. And, yeah. and, and quite frankly, he's not putting his own life on the line here. No. He's putting everybody else's life on the line, which is not you know anything that we wouldn't have expected. But it's just, you know, you know, again, you know, we talked about it earlier. If he does the same thing and tries to incite another riot, you know, at the inauguration, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. With that riot occurring, take out the liberals on the other side of the out. You put your own party's congressmen and senators, your own fucking vice president in harm's way and had absolutely no concern. I don't think he has any remorse for the fact that it occurred. And I am, I'm not a fan. I will never be a fan. But I will say Mike Pence did have class in the way he handled the situation in terms of the certification process. Uh, I know Trump has said, I'm not attending the inauguration. And Pence has stepped up and said, I will absolutely go and I will be the face of this presidency for Joe Biden. Kudos well, because, to him. Because he understands the process of the Democratic, you know, the, the Democratic process, right? right? He respects that. His political career was to continue. See, see, Trump doesn't think in those terms. No. And quite frankly, I mean, that's what you hear a lot of uh, his supporters, Trump supporters say, is they like him for the fact that he doesn't think in those terms. He's not a political figure, you know, navigating the – well, no, he's just an idiot spouting random bullshit, yeah. and you guys just happen to that, freaking, you know, glom on to that I, I mean, I right. think, you know mm-hmm. – there's a time and a place for somebody that's not going to play the political games, you know, but well, he it, is not, he is not that guy, right? He, he, you still need somebody that has some semblance of reality in their head. Decency. He doesn't have, well, he's, he's cut from the same cloth of that cult of personality. Like we've seen it in history. And I know this will be like a stretch going back the number of years, but like Caesar, or some of the kings in Europe who felt they were synonymous with the country and they answered to no one, they were above it all. He embraced that notion without a doubt. Like he, he couldn't fathom the concept of having anything he wanted done held in check. And, you know, when we think about the framers, I, I, I believe we've said this before, but they just, I don't think they envisioned other systems buckling to the executive branch, specifically Congress, which did nothing to hold him in check, at least the Senate, the Republican-controlled Senate. And, and we said it back then, when the man got impeached that last time, they had him by the balls. And they they had him by the balls, and they did nothing. And so circling back to your question of what we do now I'm not, you know, in terms of the intricacies of the 25th Amendment versus impeachment, I'm probably saying impeachment will be the more likely road. I don't think Pence will do the 25th Amendment. But metaphorically, when you have a rabid dog, you have to put it down. Well, it's interesting. And I just want to say you have to put him down in such a way he cannot resurface within this realm again. And, and, And I think, Thor, you were bringing up, you brought up a point earlier about what he will lose if he's impeached. 
as as opposed to what right. he would lose if they invoke the twenty fifth. Yeah, you want him impeached, um, not um, you want to continue to punish him. Yeah, you want him impeached because the right. impeachment uh, uh, effects are, has are other long, ramifications, longer lasting. Yeah, right. right. Uh, you know, and it's funny, Grinch, because you mentioned that. I, it was one of our first episodes we were talking in a political nature. And you even said, I've always been, and again, I won't say Republican, but the conservative party, because they play to win. They go for the jugular and it's all about winning. And that's why yeah. you kind of always identified with that. I know that now because I played Warzone with you. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> like I said, I don't yeah. <laughs> uh, But what you just said about the impeachment, they didn't do that. Why? Yeah. I mean, you've yeah, and, always been... And, and, look, and, look, and look at how Trump paid them back. He incited yep. people to go attack them. Right. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, it, like we keep saying over and over, and we just can't seem to grasp how they, don't see, how they didn't see that man for what he was and put the nation ahead of individual gain. They I, that's honestly, the part I, that sickens me. They saw I believe it. They, they just didn't want to acknowledge continue. it. Yeah, I think they, they, they continued to believe he was harmless for the most part. He was just, you know, a lot of yapping. and He was just a yappy, harmless, you know, chihuahua. Yeah, you throw some color, and, and, coloring books in the Right, and, and, and you and, just <laughs> throw, throw some chew toys his way. And, keep and, him and busy. We can, keep, we can keep him under control. Yeah, how did that work out for you? He proved otherwise. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah I was listening to the interview with uh, John Kelly and I know he doesn't do many. Um, and you know, if, if you remember, he, you know, former four star Marine Corps, four star went on to head DHS and then he became the chief of staff. And he, he just kept saying, he was actually really frustrating me with his interview. Cause he, he kept saying, you have to have a really strong staff to manage him. And I just kept getting more and more frustrated that statement. I'm like, what does that say? First off, you didn't. You may have kept him in the box a little bit. And frankly, some of you all keeping him in the box are what kept him from getting impeached. Because had he done the handful of other things associated with the first impeachment, it would have been far worse. But like when he was, when, you know, some of the instructions like go do this, fire this person, you know, like they didn't do it. And that might have sealed the deal. But I guess I, I got so frustrated with the notion of you just got to control him. No, you don't. You don't have him in the office in the first place. The man is unfit. Mm-hmm. And you knew it, what, in the first year, I think, was the first time we heard the 25th Amendment get brought up of, like, there was some serious discussion about it. And even when Bolton was still there, I think it was floating around. You talk about surrealism. Like, you go back to his first year and all of the shit and the antics and, and just the nightmare year in terms of the presidency – and here we are four years later, like you don't think it's like, okay, you realize it's a train wreck early on and we've still been riding this train for four years. And it's like, God, I just, I went off. I went off the fucking yeah, train. We haven't even talked about the, 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 the cuckoo train wreck mess of, of the Georgia, re, the, of the runoff elections in Georgia where he's on, been recorded telling, you know, the Georgia officials to like, Right. Make this happen. Find yeah. fraud. Get me the votes. Yeah. Right. How sad is it yeah. when that falls by the wayside in a week <laughs> of this? You know, <laughs> well, it, yeah. you know, and I, like I'm a believer that if, as you look at political figures, if there's like a bell curve of just the population, most of us are somewhere in that that arc of normalcy. Of like, I may not like you. I don't agree with everything you say. The platform you're bringing to the table isn't my cup of tea. You know, kind of thing. But you assume there's some decency, some patriotism, and things that will keep them between the rails. And with this man, the, the, I think the 
I think we all picked up on the warning signs was you saw the, you saw the quality of human being he was. And when you put someone like that in power, nothing good can come from it. It's it, throughout history. Never has some kind of narcissistic self-serving piece of shit like that ever said, you know what, but I love my country and I'm going to do the best for it. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't need to go to 2015 to see that person. You could go back a decade and a half to the apprentice and you saw yeah. that person. It's like, don't, don't talk about the last four years being writing on the wall. It's, it's been three fucking yeah. decades of this man. Well, and, and that just goes to show where the frustration is with politicians in general, because that's what, that's why I, I point to, I point to the problem it is, is, you know, the political machine for the last, what, three, four decades is that that's part of what led us here is, is, is a certain constituent or a certain amount of Americans have gotten so frustrated that they're okay with the fact that he's a douchebag because he tells the truth. He tells yeah. it like it is. He's not, he's not a geopolitical mover and shaker. He wants what's best well, for the U.S. No, he it, doesn't. It, it, that's not what the that, problem though. And we've touched on this before. He says what a lot of people believe. He just has the cojones right or wrong to yeah, say it. Cause he's so and shameless. And that's what scares me more than anything is that what there were 70 million people that believe exact. Now you take out part of that because obviously some people, you got a fraction of people that are going to vote Republican no matter what. It's just, that's what they're going to do. Uh, some people voted for him just because they were going to put he was going to put money in their pockets. But you know, a good chunk of those people truly believed in what he was preaching. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, and we, again, we've talked about it before. That's what truly scares me um, about how we move forward at this point. If, if Can those people kind of put that behind and come together and, and move this country forward? Or are we going to continue to be divided and see, you know, what we've seen for the last, you know, four to eight years? Uh, 70, 70, what, 72, <clears throat> 73 million people he claims voted for him, right? Yeah. And, and, and so the popular vote, you got 73 million yeah. I don't know because I don't expect 73 million just to crawl back under a rock and disappear for the next four years. And January well, 6th, but, but, but by crawling under a rock, if you mean don't get vaccinated and still continue to hang out with each other and super spreaders, <laughs> I mean, Darwinism right? just has a way of working. itself. uh, Jeff Goldblum. Nature just has a way of yeah. working itself out. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, and, and I realize this also could have some insidious undertones to it, but you know, the Republican party did not control how it brought candidates forward and it needs to do a better job of that. If it's going to put rational candidates, I mean, for God's sakes in West Virginia, the friggin' dude, Derek Evans was an elected member of the West Virginia, like legislature and, and went into the Capitol and is getting arrested. Like, I, I mean, some of these at the local level, some of these nut jobs are still getting elected. Mm -hmm. And, and so they're, you know, they're kind of, I feel like, uh, uh, I, I, I can't remember if we said this before. I feel like it's like hail Hydra, you know, like, but, but none of them have a plan. They just have a belief of what should change. Like they're not even, well, they believe if you throw enough idiots at the, the they'll eventually get through and take over. Right. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's, it's mere force and numbers. And even, you know, if we go back to when the man was running and the, um, uh, how they manipulated the data to figure out who to influence, what was the company based in Britain? Oh, was it Britain County, uh, Cambridge, Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica. 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 Thank you. You know, with how, I mean, it was, it was savvy. 
And, and if you haven't seen that uh, <laughs> documentary on Netflix, I can't. I'm, the name of it is escaping me, but you can find it. I'm sure. It, yeah. It's really scary to it's, see what they it's did. It's scary how they figured out who to influence. Um, but you had behind the scenes, and these nut jobs are all still on the OANs and the Newsmaxes of the world. Your Gorkas, your Steve Bannons, your Alex Joneses, who are still spouting bullshit. I mean, it, and as we've seen, they're all trying to say that Antifa, you know, infiltrated the mob, and that's actually who was behind. It was I, it was liberals dressed as dem <laughs> or as Republicans. Yeah, I'm real quick to throw out the uh, the continued plug there. It's uh the great hack on Netflix, mm. um, which is very, so funny. Very worth the watching. irony is is that d Democrats are peaceful people that they would never even <laughs> yeah. begin to think of. Plus, most of them wouldn't be caught dead. In that, yeah, yeah. Well, as Jimmy Kimmel said on his, I think it was last night's episode, the night before, he's he's like, yeah, let's show you all these Antifa. Like, look at these quinoa farmers. <laughs> look at these granola eaters. You know, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, they're like. Trump head to toe. In all fairness, the guy who wore the Chewbacca bikini, who was talking about having a third eye. Yeah. I mean that that guy kind of. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he 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 could be far left. I mean, he's out there. Yeah, I, yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. The, yeah, the dregs yeah. of the internet all coalesced, and, and, and we finally rendered Grinch speechless. <laughs> if you <laughs> want to go back. And again, like Grinch said, he goes, this was the internet coming to life. <laughs> like we talked about this in whatever episode four, social media, like social media gave everybody a voice. And on January 6th, everybody decided, well, we don't need to do it online. We're just going to act it out in real life and look at what they happened. Came out from behind their keyboard. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, I don't know how much of an effect it'll have, but I know Apple and Google have already put the clamps down on parlor, which is apparently where they, a lot of this nut jobbery, you know, occurs. Google's you know. pulled it from the Play Store, and I know <clears throat> Apple's given them yeah. a warning in like well, 24 hours before they're going to pull it. Because legally speaking, I mean, there could be vast criminal charges stemming out of this. And if you were a facilitator of this, you know, there's ramifications for that. I, I mean, if we were like, again, <laughs> insidious <laughs> aspect of this for sure, but like if you look at why China does what it does controls the social media space it, it maps every bit of your digital footprint you know fingerprint etc that same concept could be used to, to hunt down every one of these people and arrest them i say that if they oh. have legitimately committed crimes like the I'm information is out you know what i mean yeah. but but if you're a totalitarian totalitarian state that's how you ensure it never gets enough energy is you break it you, you break it and monitor it every way, shape, or form, and then you push up, you know, you crush every little flame that ignites. And, right. and Grinch and Haas, you guys might be able to confirm this for me. I mean, I, I would assume that, that everybody that stormed the Capitol building committed a federal crime. Trespassing uh, I mean, at a bare minimum. Trespassing mm -hmm. to, into a federal building, which would then make it a federal crime, I would assume. Yeah. Not just I like mean, trespassing most on you Most know. of them are probably uh, guilty. No, are they going to prosecute every one of them or something here and there? Because yeah, no. whatever. But but, but and, and let's be, so here's what has to happen: when when someone is arrested and they're arraigned, they they go to the uh, the AG's office and they say, "Here here's the crimes. You know, do, will you prosecute them?" And the AG's office will look at the facts and they'll go, mm, "There's really not enough," or they'll they'll plead deal out or whatever. But there's going to be a handful of people. Who absolutely committed multiple felonies? The dude sitting in the one hundred percent, you know, in the chamber, in Mike Pence's seat. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. it, taking pictures. It's like, 
what's your thought process there? You know that's going to end up on the internet, and you know it's going to be easy for him to track. There, down. There's, like there's going to be there was what 54 arrests or something of that ilk. I would imagine that of the 54 arrested, most of those people were arrested in a situation where they're going to have multiple felonies against them, and they're going to be prosecuted to the max. The remainder of the people, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. gonna, I'm going to guess that they're going to get like you know a majority of misdemeanors, and they'll have to like serve community service and pay huge fines. And quite frankly, probably the IRS will be auditing them for the remainder of their lives. I mean, shit like that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But well, a certain I, amount of them, I think, are are literally probably sitting at home after it happens. They go home, whatever, and they're like, "I'm a patriot." Yeah, you know, I, I did my it was worth it. duty. And for those people, I want the informal systems to begin to punish them, like the way we've already seen losing your job, ostracized in your local population. I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if your life, your well being is crushed over this because if you're that damn stupid, we don't need you. Right. Uh, and, and to go back to the beginning with September 11th, Mac, I, I guess my thing is September 11th happened. And maybe it's naive of me to think this, but when September 11th happened, again, take out the surrealist, the surrealism of that situation. It was, that is somebody over there coming here to do something against us. And, and, and the surreal nature of the event itself, take that out of it. But you know what I'm saying? Like there was, no, I won't no. say a fear, but the concern, right? This was my next door neighbors doing it. Right, right, it's but, not the guy over there coming. It's my next door fucking neighbor now. I don't and, trust. And maybe this is me being naive, right? I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, the the amount of casualties you had from September 11th versus you know what you had. Now, obviously, you know, I think everybody here would agree one life lost is too many. Um, but but hey. you know, well, <laughs> depending on that life, fair enough. Okay, um, Jesus, you know that, you that's where I'm Democrats. taking these guys. No, no, y'all are liberal Democrats. Like I y'all said, smallpox blankets. Y'all can't be, y'all can't be saying shit. Oh my god, blankets. Yeah. COVID plausible that's, deniability. That's all I'm getting at. Hey, from, from, from comparing get it to the Indians, COVID ice cream here, ice cream for yeah. you, ice cream for you. That's right. Um, but you but know, as but, far as you know. Sorry, it, it, will be, it will be the, the, the JFK assassination. It'll be, you know, where, where were you when Ronald Reagan got shot? You'll remember what you were doing probably, um, you know, when this happened. And, and from that standpoint, I agree. It, it is going to be just like those events without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, to me, to compare anything to September 11th it, it is tough just because of what that event was. Well, I had a root canal one time, and it was just like September 11th. No, I'm I remember where you, where I all was. Building, was in Michael Shea said all buildings matter. Um, right, <laughs> but uh, the you know I, I'll tell you you know just in these neighborhoods around here, there's still three people that have their Trump flags up. It, oh. Yeah, and it's the yeah, it's there's a lot of here, and that's that. And again, that's what I say with my concern, and and it's like on January 5th, if you were hanging a Trump sign, y- you've got issue. If on January 7th you were hanging a Trump sign, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. But but there are people that still because one of my neighbors had it and I asked him, I said, you know, the After election, I throat punched him, I asked him why. No, 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 because again, I you know, I, I can get along with other people, but I'm, I'm like, you know, at what point are you gonna take that down? Yeah. Well, he didn't lose the election. And I just yeah. kind of stopped at that point because I, you know, it, there's <laughs> certain people you can't rationalize with. But it's just like Yes, yes, he did. And, and at this point, Trump has even Trump has. Not, I mean, he's admitted that Biden won. He did not come out and say that he lost the election, obviously, but he has admitted finally that Biden won the election, um, which I think is about you know 
all we can expect out of him. I don't think it was worded quite that way. I, I, I think it was still mired with Well, as I say, he did bullshit, not admit that he but, lost the election. Right. He just said that, I think he said that Biden will be the next president. Right. Uh, you, know, you, you know, before we get too far, and we're going to wrap up here shortly, I do have one question. Because I thought it was interesting watching newscasts of late. It was after January 6th. I think for four years, a lot of newscasters, politicians, politicians from other countries have really towed the line in that political venue of not saying anything or being careful about what they say. And after January 6th, I think it was like, gloves are coming off. This guy's a fucking idiot. And now they're, they're not holding back in terms of what they're saying. I mean, would ha- Boris oh, wait, wait, wait. Cuckoo... Hold on. Haas, since you live overseas... And I know you have an issue in terms of like being able to go out and maybe interact with people, but has anything, I I mean, maybe things get said, but has anybody said to you, if they know you're an American, like what the fuck is going on in your country? Like, have you come across any of that? I'm I'm just curious if you do live out of the country. Yeah. I mean, people we know, people we know um, that are also not Viennese uh, or Austrian have asked us, you know, WTF what's going on. Um, and then we're a part of uh, several online social groups um, that, that also are having some discussions because, uh, y- you know, it, it, it's a tight knit community of people who are expats who live here, but are from there. Um, and, and so, yes, there's, there's been, there's been some discussions. Yeah. Do you watch I, the news in Austria? Like, yes. I don't know. Oh, you do? Yes. Uh, yeah, we, we, CNN and BBC uh, or world news. We get, through our cable box yeah and I, w- I was curious like if the if the viennese government or not government uh, like the local news stations are saying sure. anything like they, this they, absolutely absolutely okay. uh, all, all four of the german newspapers uh that i follow plus uh, and i generally follow them um, uh the papers not not the actual television news okay. agencies because i'm trying to read and learn german so it's easier to do it that way then i'll listen to it but i won't pick on pick up not on the same as way. much yeah, I, I won't pick up on as much so yeah absolutely are you kidding me dude the u.s has talked about constantly um but the part that i thought and was I most interesting not a good light um so okay so i was on talking with um some attorneys out of new york the other day for work and they were asking me what europeans or people thought in general about the u.s and i said well your average intellectual person in europe um feels uh pity for us and they kind of feel sad and ashamed for us everybody else kind of is making fun of us and, 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 and shading us and, 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 you know, throwing a lot of jokes and humor at us, even though they don't realize that it's the U S and a lot of financial institutions uh, that trickle down and around the world and how everything's linked financially. They don't understand it. We're all kind of in this same boat together these days, the way that commerce works. Right. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It really is interesting. Um, but, but you're more educated people. They're just kind of shaking their head. Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's a child acting up in church or something, you know, and, and, and they just kind of feel pity and sorry. And, and even a little bit of shame for us, I guess, which is interesting. But I mean, you look at Boris Johnson. I mean, Boris Boris Cuckoo Puffs Johnson actually came out and like sh- wagged his finger at Trump, even though he's likened himself to the British version of Trump. I guess it probably. Ta- I, I wonder if uh, you know Viennese people if they go, you know, what is it now? Eighty years, eighty years that they had to deal with World War II. Looking at America, going, yeah, now you know what it feels like when you have you know, some wacky dude. So, I mean, everyone knows, anyone who knows their history knows that 
Hitler is from here. Uh, he studied here. Uh, he went to college here. He was a painter here. Um, but they don't uh, claim him? Well, claim. Mm, it's, Who it's, he? It, we've had conversations with people from here, um, and it's interesting how they approach the history here. Um, they, they don't shy away from it. They're, they're, they, they talk about it and discuss it on, on a lot of different levels. I, I think they can see and understand how things can get out of control really quickly when you have a base of your population that is not educated um, and is not in tune to understanding human compassion. Now living here and understanding the social systems they have here and how they all have a pride of taking care of each other, whether you know the person or not, whether they're from here or not. I mean, this city is the probably the, in, having lived in Atlanta and even Vegas, this city is the biggest melting pot I've ever lived in because of course I can get on the subway here and I can hear six different languages being spoken in my, you know, 10 meter vicinity. And it's, it's crazy short of some Jewish Muslim religious issues, which I think we can kind of set that aside because that's been going on for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Short of that, this is an extremely safe and peaceful city, and we're talking about a city that's in the center of not one, but potentially two world wars. And yes, they, they do, the people here do kind of look at and, and talk about how, thank God we're not that. And that makes me sad and embarrassed. <laughs> After what you went through, you look at America and you think, thank God we're not them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, different different aspect of this, but... I will say, uh, again, if, if anybody's heard me say, I'm so appreciative of our allies and I look forward to reconnecting with them. You know, the, the Germans, the Canadians, the Brits, you know, the Aussies, New Zealand, all these countries that have been in deployment after deployment with us who have been looking on in horror. <clears throat> Thankfully, they've stayed stable. <laughs> you, know, you got, you know, between Justin Trudeau and Macron and Angela Merkel and other, other world leaders who are adults who recognize how important they are in orchestrating a stable world. I can only imagine how much they're looking forward to those first phone calls with president Biden to start reconnecting in a meaningful way for positive, you know, to move forward in a positive way. And I am excited. So, you know, I know we got a whole bunch of crap behind us and we're dealing with crap now, but I am, I'm very optimistic about this new administration and, can't they can't get here soon enough okay, yeah, i'm glad i'm glad you took my sad and solemn and and, and brought and that boosted point out it. because you're right that that's that's an important factor a point to bring out which is that there's a lot of people i think that have just kind of been sitting back and waiting uh, and shaking their heads and just biding time looking forward to talking to that's an adult great, on the a, other end of the phone you're, you're right grinch that's a great point and thank you for bringing that up. all right well then let's end on a high note and with that being said we do have one thing uh one thing we want to do we have a new bit that i would like to use that I would like to do. We mentioned it last week. Grinch as a life coach, uh, we're going to start doing a bit every week where our very own George Grinchington hopefully comes up with a, a life coach tip that everyone can kind of take hold of and, and gravitate towards and hopefully use it for yourself, even if he doesn't use it for himself. So with that being said, Grinch's life tip number 184. The Grinch only has this to say, if recent events have taught us anything, it's that character matters. In a politician, in a president, in a friend, in a partner, in life, character matters. You heard it here first. Character matters. I want to thank you, gentlemen. Obviously, we had a lot of opinions about what happened this last week. It was a horrible week. Hopefully, we move forward. January 20th is right around the corner. You know, uh, Haas, I know you said... It, 
everybody's happy this guy's not showing up to the inauguration. I think that's for the best. You know, just climb back under the rock you came from, disappear. I still think he should be impeached. We'll see how that plays out. I hope everybody enjoyed the show, regardless of which side of the aisle you sit on and how you feel about the particular topic. Uh, hopefully, you will, you will not hold us accountable. You know, those are our opinions. Obviously, in no way, shape, or form does this extend to anybody else. You know, you're entitled to your own opinion. Those just happen to be ours. And please feel free to listen next week. We are out. Thank you, gentlemen. As we wrap things up here, we invite all of our listeners to join the debate by dropping us a line at spiriteddebates at gmail.com. You can send in topics you'd like us to debate, drink recipes you'd like us to try, or just general feedback on how to make the show better. And don't forget, you can always follow us on Instagram or Facebook at A Spirited Debate or on Twitter at Spirited Debates. Feel free to press follow, like, subscribe, whatever the fuck you got to do. And if you don't, as I said at the beginning, we're just happy that you're here listening and we hope that you continue. Until next time, yeah. we'd like to say, Gross. Empire. Salute to Earth. Quiet. Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs>